0: Hello, and welcome to a steely episode of the Drywall Podcast. I am your host, Nick Harmon. With us today, Dan Wessel of Blue Steel Drywall out of Pickering, Ontario. We talk about his unique business name surrounding blue steel knives and also proper care for blue steel knives, but we also talk about knife shape and knife size and the difference between sheetrock brand paddles and level five paddles but we also dive into some of his family history i didn't know royce was your dad
1: yeah yeah <laughs> you know honestly i get i do get that a lot and that we'll be on site or whatever and uh, okay son and then next thing you know somebody will go that's your kid uh <laughs> and i'm like yeah yeah so i mean he started young 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 he started out as a painter by the time he was 14 years old
0: we talk about royce's involvement with the three-way and we also talk about the three-way tool and working with his family we discuss the fleeting aspects of life But we also talk about starting your own business all packed into this episode. Who is this episode brought to you by? You might wonder to yourself. Well, I'm glad you're thinking that way because I'm going to tell you who this episode is brought to you by. It happens to be our good friends at Columbia Tools. This is the second time they've sponsored the Drywall Podcast. And I think they're awesome for doing that. Stay tuned throughout February for one more ice bath giveaway and that was going to culminate into a Rocky Mountain adventure. That adventure has now been pushed back to April, so stay tuned for more details on that. We're gonna have a bunch of ballers up in Canada doing drywall, kicking ass. We're gonna be filming it and we're gonna have a ton of fun. Columbia is going to be right in the middle of it. Uh, They are a family owned and operated business that's been rocking the drywall finishing scene for over four decades, if you didn't know. They manufacture commercial tools in Canada using cutting edge machinery and they're all North American materials. You can catch my two-part interview with Aaron and Elliot of Columbia Tools on episodes 23 and 26 of the Drywall Podcast, as well as a live interview with their dad, Bernie St. James, and founder of Columbia Tools on episode 54. That episode is also available for your viewing pleasure on our Instagram page. If you haven't been to our Instagram page, head over there and check it out. Tons of sneak previews and cool stuff to find there. Oh, and also like our page if you are inclined. Without further ado, Dan Wessel on the 84th episode of the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into it. You just do the shit and like...
1: You,
0: and you can't really get, care if somebody thinks it's stupid. Like you can't care what anybody thinks.
1: You know what? I heard something very interesting the other day, and it's this is it's really nice to be afforded this. Um, you know what? You got to think of your expression in life almost as your own personal diary of going through. Right? No matter yeah. any of our experiences that we're doing. Now, yeah. if someone saw a page of your diary and they had an opinion of that would would their opinion really count? No, because this is your expression, your life and you're bringing the things into your life that you want to. so yeah. having the stones and not caring about what other people say and just living your life and having your expression of yeah. however that is, yeah, it's very important. Dan
0: Wessel, right?
1: That's right. Wessel. Yes.
0: Blue Steel. Blue Steel Drywall. The Zoolander of the Drywall Trades. Uh
1: <laughs> How did How did you come up with Blue Steel? You know what? I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. The story behind that was was wanting something rather individual, you know? Something individual. Um I like to make the make jokes and stuff. Do the Zoolander face really honestly? Okay. I was trying to think of something that could be like, um, individual, um, something that somebody remembers or instantly can go, Oh, well, I've worked with that guy. I know that name instead of less corporate. And at the same point, I also thought of something like, um, blue steel, kind of like the blue steel knives that we work with, which at the time was my favorite tool to work with. Mine too. Doesn't burn anything. Flexible. And generally speaking, a really solid, versatile metal to work with for our tools.
0: Yes, so I agree. I
1: felt like blue steel tools, blue steel uh, drywall was, was just part of what I really, enjoy. it's kind of like, um, plus, I also was like um, uh, making jokes like, there's got to be more in life than doing ridiculously good drywall. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Just, you know just that's what i'm here for <laughs> I, got, I got
0: i got the white lung pop i got the white i got
1: the white lung the white lung, yes indeed <laughs> oh man i even thought about doing a working for the weekend while i was sanding away there you know
0: <laughs> dude you absolutely should do a, a blue steel working for the weekend. Uh, if you have not seen Zoolander, I encourage you to watch it. You got Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller. Uh, there's some. There's some. Uh, fa- I mean, Vince Vaughn has a cameo. I don't think Vince Vaughn says one word. He just looks disgusted at his brother the whole time. He's just like
1: <laughs> pretty much what it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, they got the guy in there that was doing uh, the that, that was doing the uh, what happened. And then they got the other guy. Uh so Will Farrell was in there. That was another big name.
0: Oh yeah. Will Farrell. He's earlier in his career. And then uh yeah, just a cast of characters in that in, in that show. It's it's pretty funny. Uh that movie rather. Blue Steel. That didn't occur to me, but I am in the union and throughout with my broad knives. I'm a blue steel guy because I think early on I used a stainless knife and it waved on me and you know us drywallers like that was it it was like okay back to the blue steel I like how the blue steel holds a nice subtle curve um and that might just be me but you know and you got to keep them clean and you got to dry them off and the dudes in the union would spray them off with like WD uh do you do all that
1: so keeping my blades oiled and stuff yes if i had if if i had to say so i really do like how that works and keeping them oiled you know it's kind of almost like what we you could almost take it back to um to swordcraft and how they used to take care of their um their tools was was um oiling the blade is a great way Mm -hmm. to keep it from um rusting as well as it also increases just just the life of the blade because especially along the bottom where the blade meets the control edge, um, it can rust out there and you can get a pretty decent snap really quickly before even breaking that tool in.
0: Yeah, I have an old six inch, um, probably 12 years old. Now the last several years, I haven't used it as much, but it's like my buddy. And you see these videos of these uh, six inches snapping right there. And I'm always immediately like, dude, you got to clean that. You got to keep that. That's the only place you have to keep clean, really on a blade is that um, little um, transition where the handle meets the blade. If you keep that clean and oiled, your knife will last a lot, like forever. Like those knives will last forever, you
1: know? The more you keep your, knot, you like it, the more you keep your tools, they'll keep you. That's what yeah. that is. And I like, I mean, like, on, I mean especially
0: the, the six inch. Stop me if I'm wrong. It's like, you, like it takes a long time to like work in a six inch. Like get it to be where it's like you know your old buddy, and then it's like, ah, oh, this like familiar friend. I mean, a couple years, <laughs>
1: like you, you really know. need a couple of years at least to work the tool <laughs> together. Into- to get it to a decent point i think that a lot of companies are trying to give that worked in feel though they're really trying to give that with the tools that they're producing but
0: it's true yeah
1: nothing happens quite the same as if you're sitting there working the tool in. It, it's like yeah it's your best friend it's there the entire time it's reliable mm-hmm. and then if that goes it's like you're losing an old friend it really is
0: where do you keep your uh do you use so there's some discrepancy between some people use a 4 some people use a 5 some people use a 6 we all have the small knife with us uh it seems like that's pretty standard do you where do you keep your uh well what size do you use and where do you keep it do you keep it on your side do you keep it in the back how do you do so that I
1: keep- yeah, I keep my five inch knife on the side.
0: See, so you're a five, five guy. Is
1: my go to. I'm a five guy. So, yeah. Thing is, is four, five, six sees an awful lot of play in my work. Like four, five, six. That's what I like, and um, I like a couple of different six inch knives too. Not just so like there's the stainless steel knives that we use, of course. Um, regular design. I use the tapered design, so I don't use the bell shape, right? So there's only a slight difference between them, but um, how they act inside of the corners or wherever you're working, the characteristics of the knife change completely.
0: What do you mean a tapered design?
1: So like there's the bell shape, right? I yeah. wish I brought more knives out. So there's okay. like a standard shape knife. It's like this down and it bells in, right? Yeah. Yep. So whereas a tapered knife, a Richard makes these tapered knives and they come out and instead of going down and in, they go backwards towards the blade oh. directly from the point.
0: Oh, you know, that did never even occur to me.
1: <laughs> Honestly, it's it's part of my uh part of training. My dad. My dad was uh, I grew up with that. So there you go. I um always stick with the tapered knives, tapered five and six. It's harder to get a tapered four, but okay. A sharp. does all of the knives and taper so i really like that
0: yeah like three inches are almost all tapered right
1: always yeah generally speaking you don't get a bell on that and then you get an interesting sort of take on the three inch you can get it straight or you can get it in a sash knife shape so sash knife or a sash paintbrush is on an yeah. angle right? yep. from the tip i like that, angle. that a, that's a versatile little tool you can use yeah. that. To
0: I like the I like the sash and I like the uh, flex more flex on the lighter weight knives for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you when you're when you're dealing with a thing of weight, when I talk about weight, I'm talking about the size of the blade that's being used, the thickness of the blade. So I like a lightweight blade or a, or a flexible blade because. Well, because the surface area of the knife is so small, too much pressure, you know what works. Yeah, you know yeah. how you know what happens. And with a flexible blade, it's very easy to finesse that.
0: hmm Yeah. Um in the sealer with Fresco Harmony, we actually use plastic blades because it's so flexible that it doesn't gouge or cut in when you reintroduce the moisture of the sealer to the color joint compound, it sort of reactivates the mud like wet sanding, but with your knife. So so you use a plastic blade with the sealer and you can throw them out like whatever. I mean, people might think I'm a hack because I'm using a plastic blade, but it's very strategic. You can cut them down. You can do whatever, but uh, when, and, and also the sealer doesn't stick to my blue steel, knife, but I also use a six inch, uh, uh, level five, uh, blade. They make a really good six inch with the red handles. Like I really like those. Those are nice.
1: It's a good lineup of tools. It's a good lineup of tools.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, they don't do everything right, but I also love their, uh, mixer, their, uh, whip. The, the oh, level yeah. five whip is fantastic. I had
1: a chance to use all the whips, and honestly, I've centered around using the the USG, the sheetrock one. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that I stick to. Yeah, but I can't say anything bad about what level five's doing with theirs. I've used a lot of different types of uh, of mixers and paddles. I've used advanced. Um, I've used all of them, yeah. and honestly, the only thing I can say is that the USG whip, the sheetrock whip, is just a little heavier. So it's -hmm. a a big piece of steel you're putting in your pail, but God, the way it throws everything together into the middle of your pail. Yeah, yeah. With with limited amounts of air, it's a big difference.
0: Yeah, the faster you spin your mud, the better, I've learned. Uh, So you want to whip it up quick. Now with the color it's I want to whip that up as quick as possible because you can sit there like whipping the shit out of your mud um, that sheetrock brand worked that my only criticism was the resistance on the drill and I actually talked with Scott Murray about the design of the level five and that was a specific part of the design so and you can feel it the torque on your drill because oh, the, paddle, the, the paddles are flat versus like you know, and they both whip about the same. The criticism to the level five that I have is that it's really hard to clean where that sheetrock, you can just brush it off. But that level five <laughs> mixer is like impossible to clean. You have to like get in there with a rag or something and clean it out.
1: Or have a spray station. Yeah, or have a spray station. Yeah. But the thing is, is sometimes that's ill afforded because do we have a lot of room sometimes where there's a hose or or Mm where there's a this, but you can get like a recirculated. but again, tools, it comes down to tool needing tools for it. But yeah, I do know what you mean by having the difficulty to clean um, the inside of those tools, clean the inside of those uh, paddles. And we want our materials clean. So we do want an, um, uh, a mixture that's easy to easy to stay clean. Now, before Mm -hmm. you get too far on this, I wanted to talk about, uh, plastic knives for a minute there. Sure. I personally think that plastic knives are a versatile tool and they're very useful to have in your oh, kit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And anyone who uses them. I use them for wiping my tape sometimes. Like Oh interesting. Wiping tapes with plastic knives you're guaranteeing well that if you're putting too much pressure on your blade there's a bit of forgiveness in that, you know? And yeah. it's very interesting how you should note that you're um, using it on your sealer on top of your material because your materials underneath that sealer won't bind and pull when you use a plastic knife mm-hmm. pulls less.
0: You could still get well, pullage, but it's it's
1: uh, well if it dries out. I would assume as it starts to dry out, you're going to run into that problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, people will be like, ah, I get some pull marks. And sometimes you'll get little pull marks. Now with the color too, you'll see those pull marks. So Jack will get a couple of those where we have to go in and like foam them out with paint. So with the colored mud, you, run it, you start running into a whole series of other problems, you know, because <laughs> you're not painting over the surface. You're leaving it done. So go ahead, go ahead. you don't want any you don't want any little blemishes, nothing like for instance too, if I get a little speck of something in the colored mud as I'm sealing, like white, sometimes a sealer will harden and you'll get little white chunks. like I carry my metal six inch on me to pick those out because yeah. if you rub them out with your finger or something or like, it, you'll see a mark on the wall so it'll change you, the
1: texture of the finish it will. you have
0: to be conscious of a lot of other things whereas if you were you know you can get a black mark on your finished drywall and they'll paint right over it you know it doesn't matter um but any marks on your surface with the fresco you have to be mindful of all of that especially with a wider finish so it's still drywall but it's just like kind of like a, another
1: it, it introduces this whole other element. Um, it gets away from being um, an industry finish into being like a artistic expression, like an artistic right. finish. It, it it starts to blur the line and gets us guys that are used to doing it for a construction yeah. into expressing ourselves in an artistic way.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, it, it, yeah, it pushes, again... That that uh, comfort level where you're doing something new, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. It's this is like, you know, and I and I'm always like, well, you do it every day. Of course, you can do this. Like it's it's the same medium you're already using. You're just adding color and doing it in a different way, you know.
1: Um, So it's a unique product that's great to work with, you know.
0: We we got to back up though. We got to get into some of the history of Dan Wessel. Uh we you let me see here. You mentioned that real quick your brother worked with Steve works with uh Sean. Those guys are working together now or something?
1: Yeah. They they they're doing really good together too. Are they're they? producing <laughs> content. You know what? Okay. I- yeah. I think I think they're doing very good over there. I'm really happy for my brother and I'm happy for Sean because I think that both of them are influencing each other very well. Very positive connection they have there.
0: Why? You know, How come you and your bro don't work together? WTF different,
1: um <laughs> different energies, uh different ways of doing things. I have great yeah. respect for my brother as a tradesman cool but we do things and we approach things differently okay so both uh, i honestly feel we're both highly talented
0: with with you being a little better right
1: (laughs) a little a little you're a little better don't take it personally (laughs) man Uh, i think honestly what it comes down to is strengths and weaknesses nick but i have worked with my brother in the past before but the thing is, is my trade and the way I've done things, I've always wanted to focus more on the artistic side of things okay. instead of, uh, so trying to, so sometimes I'll take a little longer than, than some things will, um, will, will, um, warrant, you know what I mean? And that yeah. can be frustrating when you're trying to make a, uh, so I had some things to learn. I had to yeah. learn to pick up some speed, had to learn to pick up some production instead of because my background is custom homes, uh, uh, custom okay, homes, right from the get go. So I'm used to working with small, little, tiny um, articulations and and sanding and and sculpting and stuff. And that, that's just not what we do in subdivision, and that's just not what we do yeah. in, uh, in 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 um, in areas where we need to make some money. So I think honestly, the difference there is just speed and production, which I've picked up a lot more a lot more so okay. we don't
0: I, really go ahead sorry
1: i was just going to say that we don't really work together not because we can't but because we have different ideas okay um you're close with your bro though you guys are buds yeah i'm i'm good with i'm good friends with my brother i haven't um you know how life gets he's got his own family i've got mine and um but yeah whenever we're together it's laughs so you know it's laughs and enjoyable times my brother's got a great sense of humor and i really enjoy listening to him um, on his podcast he had a really good solid go during the during the christmas holidays he had like a really cool podcast show that he was inviting people to and you know wait wait your brother had a podcast show he was doing an advent calendar thing it was like a i don't want to I don't want to, I don't want, it might offer him a chance to actually explain and talk about what he's, but it was like, he was drinking a beer advent calendar and just having a good time cool. with everybody. You know? Nice. Oh, cool. And I, I didn't, think.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, that's sweet.
1: Yeah. I thought he did a great job with it, inviting family out, talking about things and, and just talking and just generally um, keeping things really casual, which is what he's really good at. Okay. I'm, a little, right. I'm a little. I can be serious sometimes.
0: <laughs> That's okay. That's. Okay. I can tell that uh, you're. I would enjoy working with you. I can tell right away. Um, I'm. I'm pretty studious about uh, what I do. I'm clean. I like my butt, my mixing area clean, like all that shit. I'm very studious. Uh, some some finishers are like that. Some are more messy you know willy nilly there's no right or wrong way i like that you you mentioned too the production versus custom even in production i think there's no real right or wrong way i think there's a way to go fast and do a good job uh, but it is a different it's a different type of finishing and i you know don't don't look down your nose at production finishers it's like there's a whole art to that as well um, an
1: entirely different system and flow. Those guys have sorted yeah, out a different cool. formula. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so your dad was a drywall finisher. Was he the first drywall finisher in your family?
1: Yes, and he um, and he taught all of us. There were like five boys all together on, in our family. Shut up! Do you got four bros? Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. It's a, it's a big family. Um, all bros. Um, my, my dad had two boys and we came with, and, uh, we met Royce. I would say about, I was about 12 and my brother was 10 something like that. And, um, from that point forward. Yeah. So my dad was always big on getting, having a trade, having a job, being able to, um, do these things. So we started right out of high school.
0: Okay. And you're talking about Royce from the three-way, right?
1: Yeah. Royce three-way. That's my dad, Royce Lennox. That's okay. The, that's all product. right.
0: Okay. It's all coming together. I didn't know Royce was your dad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, I get, I do get that a lot and that we'll be on site or whatever and uh, okay, son. And then next thing, you know, somebody will go, that's your kid. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like yeah yeah so I mean he started young 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 he started out as yeah. a ticketed painter by the time he was 14 years old but a uh, great
0: guy just such a nice fella
1: yeah no it was yeah. it was really cool it was an interesting um sort of um it, it was an interesting childhood being with him that's for sure out of the box thinker has a different way of approaching things and i feel like i uh definitely benefited from that
0: and you where do you fall in the uh in the five boys are
1: you in the middle are you youngest oldest second youngest my uh steve being the youngest so i don't know i feel like i'm close enough to be a middle child okay almost so so i have my eldest brother um so my older two brothers which would be royce's oldest sons um uh those uh, um those uh those two are really cool i don't get a chance to talk to one of them as much because he lives out in saskatchewan but okay so trevor not too long ago trevor's my other brother uh trevor okay. and, and you know what he was extensive in growing up uh in in um teaching me the trade my brother and i the trade okay and, um so he's always been in our lives um always been around it's and um so uh, other brothers i don't see a lot my my two older brothers so i don't see them my eldest brother and then my uh and then my other brother uh his name is zach i don't see him very much at all i'm getting like
0: a half brother vibe from these guys they
1: are half brothers yes because they're my 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 dad um so how it works was was uh yeah. My mom, uh, met Royce like a long time ago and, um, he had two boys, three boys and, yeah. uh, we came into the family and, um, we all. that was about, I was 12. So geez, that was a number of years ago. Yeah. And then, um, but you know, it was very accepting kind of situation. It was a very open situation from where we came from. Yeah. And it was a bit to get used to, yeah. you know, in a culture shock. Yeah. So, but at the same point, it was also really cool. It was really, really cool. These, so these are half brothers, but, um,
0: Is yeah. your mom and Royce
1: still together? Yes, they are. Okay. Yes, they are. And, um, yeah, no, it's so their home. Uh, they have their own house and everybody's kind of moved on. Um, so Trevor you might tried. be, you might be, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that Trevor every now and again, he's living a great life, comes down and sees us, and we get a chance to work with him.
0: Cool. That's great. Cool. Cool. And uh, Royce, does he always work with Steve, or does he have his own gig as well?
1: So which Steve, my brother, or uh, more Steve Brown from Three Way? Your brother. Um. So my brother... Um. They, we have a decent working relationship, but at the same point, my brother likes to do things his way. So we we yeah. normally just, you know, my dad works by himself to a large degree. We all kind of work by <laughs> ourselves.
0: Cool. You're all kind of similar. Like, you all understand, like, just stay the fuck away. Don't tell me what to do. I got my own shit. Like, I know how to do this. Like, it's it's going to be fine.
1: But at the same point, still being able to crush something if it comes to a teamwork effort, you know?
0: Right, right. That's cool. That's a cool element that you have these, like, ballers to pull from. Um, and then my next question was going to be surrounding the three-way. Like, you know, that's sort of Royce and the other Steve's baby, like, whatever. Um do, do ha, how are you around this three way concept? I interviewed Royce and Steve. It wasn't the best interview because it was like I had some technical issues and stuff. It was a little early on. I need to revisit those guys and talk about the three way. Are you on board with the three way? Is this a system that you adopt? Um, what's your you know, because Royce was coming up using, he was like making his own three ways and shit and throwing them up in the corners. Uh, we can touch on this real quick. What's
1: your play on the th- the whole three-way uh, system? What's, so what's my play on the three-way system? I think it's a fantastic system. Okay. I really do enjoy it.
0: Why do you think it's a fantastic system?
1: Why do I think it's a fantastic system? Not just because my dad made it, but... Right. Um, there's been a lot of innovation involved in the design. Just the yeah. amount of work and trying to get the papers right, trying to get the um, trying to get the angles right. Um, it's a product that has spent an awful lot of time thinking about the small details that you don't understand unless you put yourself to the wall for as many years as my dad did.
0: Right. So
1: he's put an awful lot of his ingenuity and know how into this. So I can okay, definitely. Yeah. You know, I can definitely agree that um, what he's done with that product is—is it's—it just makes life that much easier to do three ways, you know. So sure. it it makes um, um it makes things easier. I've used, I've installed so many of them myself. Yeah, but what stops me from doing it, honestly, from using it myself, is not because I don't think that the product is good and and really fantastic. It's so much as just when I'm there using the three way, doing my three ways, it's easy. I just box them out and carry on. But I can't beat the time in which it takes to put them in. They're super fast. Right. That it's really really fast and it's really really sharp. Yeah. So. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic product. Um, um, I don't know what else to say about it besides, yeah. um, I think it's fantastic to be able to have a, a product that's as versatile as it is too. So, yeah, I think it's cool the way that they, the, that they, we, the way they promote it is more like guidelines rather than this is something that you absolutely must do in order for this product to work. You know, right. it's versatile enough product that you can use it in a lot of different methods that you can, there's, the, the I think there's honestly ways to use that product that haven't even been brought to the table yet. I was out with Steve at the, um, at the, uh, at a timber mart, not too far from where I am here. And we, so I've done a little bit of the work in the actual, um, in the actual booths yeah and we definitely had some wonderful um, reception at the booths like just working um it's just a timber mart outside of lakefield ontario in kingdom okay. so i was there the whole day and nobody there was looking at it very skeptically or or kind of like trying to trying to um smash it or anything you know right 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 The sales at that show i mean trying to get a product sales from showing things is it can be difficult sometimes just from showing how a product works you can be as enthusiastic as you want to be and in the end it just comes down to whether someone understands the product enough to give it a whirl yeah so it's a lot of people that came out to that were like a mix of contractors, do-it-yourselfers and homeowners. Okay. So what I was happy about was every single one in that demographic or at least stopping to have a look, touch the product, check out the check out the pamphlets and watch, which is very honestly cool. very cool stuff when you're trying to get a product going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they were next to uh the Fresco booth at AWCI uh, to, uh build 23 show. So I get to hang out with those guys, Wolfgang and those guys. um, A lot of fun. That
2: would have been
1: so much fun to be at.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had a ball. Um, All of Sean and the Columbia dudes and Cam was there. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Build 24 should also be a good time. Um, Are they going to
1: have a booth at Build 24? You know, I haven't actually had a whole lot of time to sit and or even talk to Steve about his plans, about what's coming up, or even with that, you know? But these are very good questions. Now, I'm I'm, I'm thinking I have some more questions to ask to find out what's going on. Sure. But I don't see any reason as to why we don't want to be involved in any trade show. You know, it's a contact sport. We got to get as many contacts as possible.
0: Just money. Just money, dude.
1: So, I think that resource is the only thing that would stop anything from showing up about three-way at any given show.
0: It cool, just comes cool.
1: down to the flow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't have to talk all about three-way. That's uh pretty, that's kind of your dad's deal. Uh, I'm sure you're, you're proud of them. Um, and Steve, uh, you and your bros start out working with, Royce was that like by choice did you consider going to college can take me through your first sort of years in the trade and then we'll get into maybe how you split off onto your own
1: um so how we ended up getting into the trades was very much like um I think it's a very common situation with blue collar uh dads is just like look You've had a lot of fun during the summers. You're 14 years old. Let's get a job under you. My dad has always been a big, big supporter of, listen, understand and have a job. And I think that really um, evolves us to be able to start young in a trade or whatever. I did consider college. I did want to go to college. Okay. Um, There were some things that kind of made things um, a little bit interesting where college is concerned. We moved around a lot when we were young. Okay. You know, we were, we spent a lot of different times in three different provinces in Canada. By the time we were, by the time we were 14 years old. Right. Just going yeah. back and forth, seeing dad in the oak because we originally came from BC. Right. Okay. So in BC, we would, um, things changed. We ended up having to move to Calgary. Things changed again after a little bit of time and we ended up in Ontario. Okay. Right. So it became the easiest method of achieving, um, It didn't start out as something I wanted to do, but after enough time, I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed the opportunity to have a job and and get used to making money and have all that kind of stuff right out of high school, which is a big deal for a kid. And you jumped in,
0: (laughs) you jumped in working with, uh, Royce right out of high school. Yeah. Okay. Right
1: out of high school, I jumped in and had a job in summers from 14 on. So, okay. So, um, I did have goals. I wanted to do paramedic school. I wanted to be an EMS. Yeah. I um, I wanted to do that and I wanted to help people and heal. But the thing was, is you got, um that just, that just didn't come through. It didn't come through. It was something I wanted to do, but um I ended up here and I'm very s- happy where I am.
0: You seem pretty young, Dan. How old are you? I'm 40 years old. Oh, okay. You got a baby face.
1: <laughs> yeah when i was 18 years <laughs> old i was 12. <laughs> yeah
0: and and you know you could always do the college thing you could always go back have you thought have you considered that go, falling back and maybe do a night school or getting a degree on the side has that, yeah, has no, that occurred I, to you
1: it did a couple of years back when i was like 33, 32, 33, that was something I was looking at. But then I met my beautiful partner and that happened and I'm very happy. And I have, um, I have a daughter and a stepson now and i am i am a, I'm a full-time dad and it's a good place to be.
0: Yeah. How old's your daughter? My daughter is four years old now. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. And, Thank and the stepson, much. how old the stepson? Yeah.
1: My stepson is Tanny, they, my my stepson and my uh, daughter just had their birthdays here in January.
0: Cool, mm-hmm. cool, nice. And so all of a sudden now you have a family.
1: Crazy That's how that right. works, huh? It's pretty pretty yeah. cool though, huh? You know what, it's an experience that I wouldn't change for the world. It's an experience that changes everything in your world. It really does. And and I'll tell you that I honestly believe that I matured as a person in ways that would not have happened if it wasn't for kids and a partner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, just kind of like going back for a second, Nick, talking about how there's some really good stuff on the other side of feeling uncomfortable. Yes. I really honestly (laughs) feel that this is a very similar situation.
0: Oh, yeah. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. It's people are like, am I ready to have kids or it's kind of my, I have a friend who is like, "Ah, eh, you're never going to be ready. You just got to do it. And it's kind of, it's kind of like that. It's like, you I know, feel y- that way. you just have to, if you're considering it, it's, there is no right time. You just do it and like deal with the consequences later, you know? Uh, Cause like, it's hard.
1: So many things in life though, Nick, it's like, we're here for how long? So just get in and do it.
0: Yeah. You know, Yeah, <laughs> we only regret the things we don't do on your deathbed. Like, like, are you going to be like, you know, Oh, I'm so glad I saved a uh, hundred thousand dollars. I'm so glad I have a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account and this large house and my Lamborghini. That's so great. No, you're not, you're not thinking about that stuff. You're thinking about family. You're thinking about, I really went after that thing in my life that I wanted to do. I went after it. I did it. I can go and die happy. It ain't, it ain't going to be long before I'm like laying in my deathbed and the last moments of my life are coming up upon me and i can think back on i can think back on my life and be like i did it i fucking did it or i can be oh, like yeah.
1: i, I should have did it <laughs> those you are know, two, two different schools and that i should have is a painful thorn after a number of years oh yeah and just that little tiny i should have in your mind there that just poisoning everything give me a no we yeah. gotta do things when we're here yeah yeah. Do things when we're here. We got to market that product. We got yeah. to spend that money on getting that forward. You know, yeah. we got to do the art. We got to do the expression that we have in our hearts. We do. That's right. We have to.
0: Yeah. I'm super um, proud of your dad for jumping into those waters as uh, at, at an older age. People are like, oh, I'm 60. I'm 70. I'm done. I got nothing left. And it's like, no
1: my dad has always been an idea man (laughs) he's always he's always he's taken a couple cracks and he's persevered he's (laughs) done a number of things where he has tried an innovation in the past and you know what He circumvented so many different things the ideas that he had about himself trying to go through you know he did a great job um we tried to get another product to to um to uh to go but ultimately wider pockets dealt us a hand. It w- was uh flush mounted, um, vent systems, flush mounted. Uh, okay. He had his hands in there. Right. Okay. We had yeah. some beautiful prototypes and we were moving that forward too. Okay. I, so, so I applaud my dad and he was like, fit, he was in his late fifties at the time trying to rock that out too, Nice. you know, Yeah. He's, always been an idea that way an idea man that way you know right i think he's hit a home run with this three-way one now
0: yeah yeah um okay so how many years or how much time do you spend with your dad before you're like i gotta go out on my own man i'm tired of the way these guys are doing it I
1: i gotta
0: i gotta do it my own way dad i gotta like i gotta forge my own path
1: you know what i stayed with dad till my late 20s okay so it's been about 10 years now that i'm on my own i stayed with dad because i really believed in what he was doing and i appreciated the skill set that custom homes were giving me you know but i eventually needed to go off and do something else because i needed to learn i needed to um I needed to find out if what my, what I had as a skill set was going to cut it. And, you know, yeah. as just everybody, we need to find out for ourselves, whether we can flex and actually fly, you know, whether we can fly, whether we can do it. Yeah. And I was comfortable to a large degree and I didn't want to be uncomfortable. So, but, but, and eventually I had to be, you know, uh, I had to. Yeah. Be-
0: yeah. you. Yeah. There's. I I feel like being an entrepreneur running your own business it is a series of being comfortable being uncomfortable like you know th- nobody's handing you a paycheck anymore no
1: you, you no, gotta learn no to, you gotta to, hustle you gotta you exactly you gotta beat feet you gotta hit the pavement you gotta do some talking build yep. some relationships yes. You know, that takes confidence to be able to even put yourself out there to talk to contractors. Yeah. You know? To be so, able to say, hey, I have something that 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 I think you're really going to enjoy. But I took a more quiet, quiet approach. I took yeah. a more, okay, well, give me this job and I'll let you know what I can do based by what you can see.
0: Was it difficult because you had Royce and Steve and you got these guys out there, they're working or whatever. And you're like going off and it
1: was Steve on his own at that time as well. Oh, my brother became independent many years before I did.
0: Okay. So he was like, he was ready to get out on that skinny branch early on.
1: Uh, So he was, he
0: he was inspiring to you as well.
1: Yeah, it was. It was to a certain extent. Well, how long am I gonna sit here and have things provided for me? You know? How long am I gonna sit here? Uh, but no, I do I eventually was I it almost feels like life came and said, nope, time's up.
0: Did it, your dad was your dad pushing you out of the nest in that regard? Or well, my dad's never <laughs> been that way though. He's always he, he, been he like, liked yeah, having you, he liked having
1: you there. Well, I was a useful member of the team. It's not like I was be, it's not like I was dead weight that was being pulled around. I was doing <laughs> right, my job. Right. I was doing my job. He was very happy. I I reached one of the top finishers on his team at one point, you know? on of the top whoa. finisher,
0: What does that mean?
1: In his custom
0: you, team. Okay. He he's got a little team and you, there is a top finisher uh category on your team that you can strive to get to. Yeah. Okay,
1: (laughs) walk me through. All of of the people that I grew up with, these tradesmen were unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable tradesmen to work with. And to have the opportunity to work in custom homes, I knew that I was going to learn something there that I wasn't going to learn in production. So I was happy to work along tradesmen of all sorts, Irishmen, Polish, um, French, all sorts of crazy talented people yeah and it just felt to me like i have some wonderful mentors here yeah so and um i was and i the one thing i know is after doing martial arts for as many years as i did you always grow stronger by how stronger the people are that are around you you know yeah yeah so I saw an opportunity in it, so it wasn't just me, just just looking for an easy ride either. I also f- had complete confidence. My uncle, my dad.
0: No, uh, but what does that mean, uh, top finisher? W- was it an actual thing that people aspired to get to in your, uh, in your, in this company?
1: Well, you know what, it was more of an idea or a concept <clears throat> that I okay. saw. You don't don't
0: get a a, You don't get a hat. You get a special hat on the crew. that
1: says top. (laughs) I kind of wish. No, no, there wasn't anything like that. You're going to make one. (laughs) No, I just, it was just like, because, because my dad had so much skill. He, he handpicked and analyzed every one of the members on his team, you know?
0: Oh, okay. So this was an honor that your dad bestowed upon one of the members of the team, top finisher, and you reached that honor.
1: Um, and, and kind of like just what I saw that they were doing, you know, okay. just based on two, you know, it was almost like I was paying attention to the social aspect and seeing how they were with those guys compared okay. to the other guys, you know, not that anybody was bad. It's just, you could tell that some guys were so he did, he did have yeah. an idea of what mm-hmm. he wanted for a finisher. And, and the idea was to be a top finisher and the way I see it is, is, um, versatility and professionality no matter what the case you know being able to do as many possible outcomes you know and and these guys they never daunted never daunted by any task and personally I think it's like so if you get stuck in a little closet with 900 different types of um, of, of reveal or whatever and these guys are going in like it ain't no thing like a walk in the park and coming out the other end clean and smiling that's when i think that that you're a pretty damn good finisher yeah and these okay. are the kind of guys that i was exposed to wonderful guys
0: <clears throat> so you branch out on your own do you call it blue steel right
1: away yeah i, I had that kind of figured out because dad's like listen we're going to get you a corporation so you're a subcontractor we're going to get that sorted out okay. and we're going to." all right
0: cool your yeah. dad wasn't like your dad was like no you're staying by me if you go out on your own you're on your own you know it, not none of that competitive attitude it was like no, I'll, I'll help you out get started. like how cool is that?
1: He's always been an open guy like that. He's yeah, always like, been like that a mentor and, um and and really honestly, it's like it's so cool to have the opportunity to have a teacher as good as he was and it's and 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 I of course, I can't deny that I was a good student and paying attention and listening and watching but you got to ask yourself that question are you really are you really succeeding if your students are only just as good as you are or a little bit under the way i see it is is if you're a successful mentor your 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 mentee or your person you're training is exponentially better than you
0: yeah you're I, a little bir- your like little your little birds asking. little birds learn to fly
1: that's right. You want to teach them how to fly as, high and as, as far and as high as they can, you know? That's a wise statement. I'm not statement. saying that I'm like really that much better than, or I'm just saying that I learned a lot of really unique skills and I'm happy to have them.
0: Well, you're saying that Royce is a phenomenal mentor. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and which makes perfect sense. I've met the guy. He's just a, a not only an extraordinary finisher, innovator, but a very nice guy. Um, okay, so you go out on your own. Are we? I hesitate to ask at this point. Are we just a hand finisher, or do we use the tools, Dan? You use like the box tool, use the bazooka. The tools, bazooka okay no no i use the tools uh
1: (laughs) i'm a hand taper though i am a hand taper
0: i was getting a, I was getting this like super like hand finisher vibe from you there um you know i always kind of hesitate because there's no right or wrong way to do it but these dinosaurs that are just hand finishing um no shame in it too i i give them a lot of shit as well but like these tools they do speed up the process quite a bit and it's always an interesting uh conversation no I hand tape I do okay
1: but why I don't hold any um I don't hold any uh, fiction or fantasy that um that I can cover a lot more footage with a bazooka okay um it's an expensive tool and I grew yeah. up using a super taper <laughs> so that's why I use it
0: Shut the fuck up! You're a slot box guy. <laughs>
1: awesome! And some of the best slot you've ever seen.
0: I like how you hesitate. You're like, I'm just gonna nod so that our listeners don't know my what I'm answering. If you're watching on YouTube, you saw the nod. <laughs> now, my I never did the slot box, but my take on the slot box is that like. Dude, you're reeling out 250 feet of tape in that box. You ain't stopping once, dude. You can go 250 feet. Like, no matter how messy you get, that's pretty fast. You know, it, it, if you have a wiper, you're like busting some serious footage with that slot box. As yeah, I've antiquated covered a lot of distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As antiquated as that system is, it's pretty efficient. Like, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is my dad and my dad, Royce, he used it for many, many years, Nick, okay. many, many, many years. He used that, but okay. when he's looking, but, but he saw a group of guys come in with the super taper and knock his time by two hours and he's using And he, at the time was a, was <laughs> the one of the top again, yeah, very, let's just say very proficient with his, with his tools.
2: Mm-hmm very right.
1: proficient and um i honestly believe that you can do a uh you can do a hand taping system that isn't messy not completely messy that isn't yeah. too much weight that's quite easy to deal with and does a very good clean job and i um i just think that if if um if royce felt that he wanted to teach me the bazooka he would have but right. um, it was it was super taper, and I'm happy. But yep. at the same point, I'm not opposed to learning that tool. Yeah.
0: So, Aaron, we got to get Dan a Columbia Predator. <laughs> we got you know a newbie what? here. We got a newbie here that's just going to crush it. We're going to do a blue steel video. Uh, Dan's going to have a Columbia taper. <laughs>
1: um be, that's funny your first day what it's like watching a hand taper graduate to a different system it's gonna be an interesting go if i do ever pull that off i'm interested in getting <sighs> yeah a more time but you know what i always just kind of felt like i don't know you tell me how do you feel about the possibility of mechanical failure with that that was always one thing i'm concerned with is uh mechanical failure mm-hmm. where a super taper uh it it's yeah. It's, it's it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It always yeah. seems to work versus yeah. if something goes down on your taper.
0: Yep. Well, in your instance, if something went down on your taper, you throw the fucker in the closet and you go back to the super taper. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. If, if I was a bazooka guy and I didn't understand the super taper system and my bazooka fails, I got to fix it because I'm like stuck with that system, you know, uh, or I pull out my banjo and finish the rest of the job with the banjo, which is probably the slowest. Although uh, I've worked with several people that are extremely proficient with a banjo, you know, very fast.
1: Yeah, but, with that tool. You know what? I think you can make something out of any system that's provided for us. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that I don't it's not a bad idea to go outside of your comfort zone and use the tools you haven't. You know, and don't be afraid to learn. And I'm not afraid to learn. So yeah,
0: yeah, you would be I'm a awesome. good you would be a good candidate for because I know there is value in these uh, tool companies getting people that have never used a tool the tool because part of the marketing is like, look, like you can learn a new tool, and here's how. And Dan did it. He's been finishing for a long time, you know. So, but you use the boxes and stuff.
1: Yes, I do. Yes, okay. I do. Um flat boxes are incredible. I've used yeah. them for my entire career. Okay. Flat boxes. Yeah. And what, what brand
0: are you what brand are you using? North Star. North Star, okay.
1: Yeah, the multi-one box, the uh the interchangeable one. Okay. Yeah. So I like the I like their system. I really like the multi-one finisher. So it's a really cool system. Um the ability to change out your blade. Um, your blade distance, the the blade width is a super cool, innovative design. And I've enjoyed running the box from day one. I've used, I was using Columbia boxes before then the, 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 the fat boy Columbia's and, uh, they are wonderful tools. They were wonderful tools. They, uh, they pretty much, uh, they held me and kept me going through the entire time that I was working in the union. And during the entire time that I was working on my own. Okay. That, and I still have the original Columbia pump from that. And cool. yeah, I don't, I don't think that you can really beat the flat boxes when it cut, troweling six feet versus push and go. You can't do that. You can't beat that.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, very cool. We didn't get into the uh, Union days very much. Uh, you so you were with Royce you and Royce were in the union or how did that work? Yeah. So
1: (laughs) very interesting. It was a bit of a smaller foray before I ended up getting back in with a group of people that are wonderful and I'm just happy to be here, but you know what my, I did five units in the union. That's what I did. Five units on my own. And that taught me an awful lot. So he worked with me on my first one just to get what me is going. That,
0: what does that mean, five units in the union?
1: So they were townhomes, three-story oh, okay. townhomes, and um, roughly about eight-and-a-half to nine-foot ceilings on um, on the main, seven in the basement, and um, eight-five on the top floor, something like that. Okay. And um, then of course there was the big stairwells that were like 14 feet up from the stairwell, right? Just, just kind of like a, a basic hallway stairwell kind of thing. It was really, you know, what it taught me is how much you have to sweat to do what those boys do, you know? Yeah. Cause I'm coming from a place where I was established and, and you're given the time and the wallets to be able to handle things. There's there there is a time constraint and and um there's a quota meet on uh, when it comes to these jobs to be able to make your money as well as move on so that everyone else can you know right so my foray into the union was short but very educational okay and I had a lot more respect for what those guys can do
0: yeah it's easy to look down your nose at the union and be like ah those guys are just a bunch of you know time farmers and this and that and uh i worked in the union and two things like they they weren't lazy you couldn't be lazy in the union because you lose your job and then uh they were good like they were like i the best finishers that i ever worked with were in the union you know like so for what it's worth
1: actually quite happy with my result there too because i did these units and everybody was happy with what they saw and i installed three ways in these units okay all together done and said five units about 400 three ways and this was before
0: the three-way was a product right Mm -hmm. this was like just royce tool in these three ways in his living room at night
1: we had uh, we had a couple of uh, we had a couple of them and um, honestly, we had them done and um, we weren't entirely happy with with the the product, but at the same point I used them and we- I was like still very happy, very thrilled with the results. And it limited the amount of work that I had to do in my three ways. and that's where I noticed a huge, huge difference in being able to save time versus hand-picking three-ways, you know?
0: Well, okay. And so the three-way, too, this just occurs to me, is a little different when you bazooka out your angles and you leave your tape short. That's a sort of a different style or method than when you're running the, uh, the super taper. I feel like you can cut your corners a lot sharper and closer together and... Easier to pick out, am I wrong? Then maybe if you're running the bazooka, it's easier to leave those corners short, those angles short. And it might be, the three-way might be a more efficient system for people that run the bazooka.
1: Well, it takes an awful lot of time to be that accurate with your bazooka. It takes time, it takes training to be able to- You can. Move together.
0: you can the cool thing about a bazooka when you run that angle it pulls so you run your tail a little long and you can get good at pulling that tail like because this other side that you're starting at you're pulling your tail as you pull pull that tape across so you have to be good at knowing you know so you're always going to have like you know three inches to an inch uh, distance whereas with a super taper you can Cut it right, You're perfect,
1: it there right, tight every time. Yeah, every time. no, because, yeah. well, because I'm right in that three way, right? I'm not putting yeah. a tool in there, right? So, my hat's off to those guys that do that. Like, oh, it's yeah. no problem, man. Any we could, we could mention any number of tapers in our community that are doing <laughs> Oh, it, yeah, you know, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. And these guys uh, are fantastic. I love watching it too. Love watching a good, uh, a good bazooka runner. You know, it's cool to watch.
1: No, it's smooth it is really nice to watch I I really enjoy that I really we, do
0: we got Dan Wessel a young baby face 40 year old at a Pickering right Pickering yeah
1: Pickering Ontario <laughs> just an, an hour west uh east of Toronto
0: an hour east of Toronto. Maybe I'll get up to Pickering uh, someday, uh, son of um, Royce, uh, but certainly has carved out his own niche in this amazing industry. Uh, Pearl of wisdom for the drywall community. What do you got?
1: from me? Um, yeah. Pearl of, for Pearl of wisdom? Try as many methods as you can with as many methods that are afforded to us as tradesmen you might be happy and proud of the way that you've learned and i definitely am proud of the way that i've learned but the more things that we know the more ways that we can tackle our job it just has that much more effect on how solid we are as finishers
0: awesome awesome um Thanks so much for being on the Drywall
1: Podcast. It wasn't such a big deal, was it? No, it was wonderful to be here. <laughs> a couple, of, a couple of hiccups, a few, a few nerves here and there. But yeah. it... <laughs> do, ha, do you listen to the podcast? Have you listened to some of these? Yes, I listen at work. I okay. listen at work because. Um, I know some guys throw on the Joe Rogan podcast. I throw on the drywall podcast or whatever's pertaining to my, my, um, my, uh, my career. Like, yeah, I like, I like how many different people are available. So, so it's usually music or someone in my field that I'm interested in listening to. When, um, uh, when you asked me to do your show, I started paying attention and started okay. really listening then and. Cool. I like They're- what I, I like. I paid attention. I was listening to the Brawley's dad not too long ago. Okay. Just last week, uh, it was really cool, and um, I really like what I really like your podcast. It's really cool.
0: Thanks, man. Really yeah, Uh, yeah. You have a wealth of uh shows and episodes to get through, man. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, the one with the three way is great. We've, you know, we've got. Wolfgang, we've got uh, you know Aaron and Elliot with Columbia. We've got Myron Ferguson. I mean, big names. Uh, drywall shorty, you know all the women in uh, drywall so, and some powerhouses. The the one with Teak Interiors is fantastic. Real good ones. The w- early one with uh, Joe Koenig is really good of Trimtex. Like yeah, he's you a kick.
1: That would be good. That would be good to check out. You have, so I have some recommendations of places to start now.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, the early ones are kind of funny because they're a little different. The format's a little different. And, you know, I was trying to figure it out, uh, through probably 20 episodes, you know, early on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, as someone, you know, trying to pick my presence up too. When you're not used to doing this and you don't really know how and you don't know what you're doing, it's a very interesting sort of world to fumble through and try and get. So this is another thing I'm always interested in learning and um, trying to figure out how to make a social media presence. That's one area where I feel like I'm having a bit of a struggle with.
0: My recommendation on that is similar to the podcast or anything. Um, you just have to start putting out content. You think that people don't want to see your stuff. Like even, even doing an ice bath giveaway, I don't think people want to see that. But they do. They do, And the, the ice bath just kind of makes it interesting. <laughs> but even as I'm doing it, like I'm like, nobody wants to see this shit. But the reality is when I see other people making content, you don't know. Not everybody is hitting the like button or commenting but they're watching just the same like there's a lot of there's a lot of videos or stories that I watch and I don't comment or like I try to like a lot of things but I'm watching all the time you're watching all the time you know the content that's getting out there and you don't like everything that you see you take that into consideration when you're creating content just because they're not posting on it or liking it, or you get one like, doesn't mean that there isn't a hundred people watching your video, you know, like, especially a blue steel video <laughs> with some music to it, you know, you could even put a blue filter on it or something. I think it'd be I'm fabulous
1: for the weekend sanding video. Yeah. But yeah. It's a good draft draft it's a good rough draft
0: my uh my you know my encouragement to you would be to just yeah start there make that video and uh see what happens dan wessel cool man thank you so much for being on the drywall podcast we will uh we'll keep in touch we'll talk soon i absolutely love it nick thanks for your time today thank you all right man we'll talk soon bye take care and to help take us out all the way from the bowels of hell, the Dark Lord himself, the devil, once again.
2: Thank you very much, Nick. I really enjoyed listening to Dan's story and his insight. It was very inspiring, and I hope that... We can stay in touch with him. Well, more you than me. He doesn't want to know me in any capacity.
0: Thank you so much, devil. That is uh, the sweetest thing I've heard today. I really appreciate it. Maybe one of these days we can talk about uh, how you and I Well, I
2: would really enjoy that, Nick. And uh, only if there's time... I certainly don't want to impose on your podcast. I don't
0: think it's a big deal, and I think people might be curious about where you came from and maybe some of your
2: history. Oh, that sounds good to me, Nick. For now, I hope you all have a fantastic day, and thank you for letting me be a part of this show.
0: Absolutely, devil. Um, I think that you get a bad rap, and... Um, yeah, maybe if we dig in a little bit, we can find out more about you and, uh, yeah, we can illuminate some light on the story of the devil one day. Thank you so much for joining me and Dan on the podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed it this episode of the drywall podcast was brought to you by columbia tools they don't just talk the talk or walk the walk at columbia customer satisfaction is their battle cry their top priority is giving you a grade a experience from start to finish got a question or concern they're ready to tackle those head on by phone facebook instagram any way you can get a hold of them so be sure to check them out Check out their YouTube channel. Lots of detailed how-to videos there. Their maintenance videos are kind of the secret sauce, and their kick-ass videos will keep your tools in prime condition. Thank you once again for joining me on the Drywall Podcast. I know I said that already, but I'm saying it again. I really appreciate it. Join me next Friday for Amid Khalid from Triple T Taping. This dude's a badass and he has over 10,000 followers. But until then, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and remember,
1: keep drywalling.